Hey, it's your boy Steven Yan, and welcome back to the Yan Man Podcast. And today, I'm with Netta. Sheesh! <laughs> she's a photographer, and like, she's dope at it. Yes. Why did you become a photographer? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess I've always kind of had a, a love for photography, even since I was a kid. I remember even when I was like 12, 13 years old, I would buy those like little disposable cameras from Superstore and get it developed in Superstore. Um, I don't think they do that anymore. But yeah, I've, I've always just loved photographing, regardless of what um, photographing or where I am, whether it's street or people, animals or views or buildings, like I've always just loved it. And yeah. And how did you start your journey? Started, yeah, as like a hobby and I was kind of like doing it for fun always with different digital cameras, like little digital cameras, handheld ones, point and shoots. I was like playing with some camera. I'd bring some camera around with me, but then about four years ago, my brother gave me his DSLR, which is like a bigger, fancier digital camera, and I started taking, I guess, a bit more like quote-unquote professional, not so professional, but higher quality photos, and then about two years ago, I took some photos of some friends, and I actually had this turning point when I was like, oh, I love photographing people, and then I slowly started getting into the software that I edit on, which is like Lightroom, and getting into kind of the technology and like the knowledge side of photography, not so not as much the art side of it. And just learning and literally as when the pandemic started, every single morning I would watch YouTube videos. I pretty much taught myself everything through YouTube throughout the beginning of the pandemic especially. So yeah, around two years ago is when I switched gears and I was like, I'm gonna make it more serious. So when I started taking photos of my friends, I started practicing a lot and I took photos of like different families. Um, I did some couples. And I kind of had this point where I was like, I'm not going to do it for free anymore. I want to try to, yeah, make it an actual business. So let's try. So I wanted to put kind of more value to that skill that I was giving to people and like giving them these photos for free. So I was like, why don't I kind of help pay for the gear as well? Because like that's kind of the motivation of why I started charging is like I want to buy better things, better lenses, better cameras. So to be able to afford that, I wanted to start charging people. So that's kind of how it started. So it's been about two years now of like kind of making it a more professional service. That's really cool because like <laughs> hobby into like a business now. Yeah, exactly. And how like successful are you as a business then? The, uh, not that. <laughs> well, I've, it's to the point where I've bought... A whole new set of cameras and lenses um which are like very very expensive thousands and thousands of dollars but i finally actually a couple months ago or maybe like a month ago paid it off so i never was actually in any surplus up until like a month or two ago and then i'm finally now for the first time in surplus so i'm actually making a bit of money but then even that every time i build up some amounts of money that i've made i track it all very efficiently but i as soon as I start building up some savings towards it, I start. I buy another thing for cameras. So like, I never actually make money. So, so it's more just out of like the love of it, and a little bit out of like the business side of it, yeah. but not so much. Like, there's so much I could do to be more like marketing savvy or business smart about things. Um, so I just haven't like made myself do it yet. There's all sorts of like things where like so for example, even with delivering photos, there's like something that photographers do called upselling some of the photos so like they'll offer a certain number in their package they'll say like you can choose 
30 photos out of all these photos and then I'll edit them for you or whatever. And then every additional photo you want to choose is this much. Um, actually, they don't do 30, they'll do like 10 photos, like very small number first, just to like get you into it and then kind of hook you into buying more photos, you know what I mean? So I was like, that's one thing that like some photographers do because you can't really make a living off of it if you're just charging in the like 100 to 300 zone. You can't really like make a living off of it. And the best way is to yeah do these types of marketing things and also do weddings or big kind of like projects with different fashion brands and things like that. So I'm not there yet. So I've done a couple of weddings now, though. I've, I've become definitely more experienced in that area, and it's definitely a lot more lucrative, I guess. It's like there's more money in it, but it's still, yeah, I'm not there yet, you know, in terms of being, like, really successful. It's still a side thing for me. It's, like, hobby slash side business, if that makes sense. How has taking pictures at, like, weddings, what is that like? Because, like, I've seen a few, like, I guess TikToks about, like, oh, photographers at the wedding, they have to get, like, the angles right. You gotta like wait for that moment in like maybe uncomfortable positions. Mm-hmm. Just seems kind of like chill, kind of awkward kind of thing. That like, part of a wedding, there's so many variables you can't control, and you have to kind of work with whatever's given to you in that moment, in that second, in that like lighting situation, whatever it is. You have to work with it. You can't like, you know, even if it's like terrible lighting or you can't stand close, so you have to be really far. Whatever it is, you have to like work with that so yeah sometimes it does get tough to get the shot so one of the examples of like something you can't control or it can get you in an uncomfortable position is like um so for example at the wedding when they're giving exchanging vows at the top of the um you know how they're in front of everyone kind of standing there and doing that yeah there's um the ring part with they have to exchange the rings as well you kind of have to let obviously everyone see that moment and let the bride and groom like have their moment but then you also want to get the shot. So, like, how do you get close enough that it gets so tricky because you don't want to be, like, annoying in people's faces or, like, in the bride and groom's face. But then you also need to get that angle. You literally cannot see. Like, you can't get a photo of it. So, we have done all sorts of things where I'm, like, crouching down on the ground close to the guests just to be, like, out of their view. It's tough, though. I've definitely missed a few things. And, like, you get stressed out by it. But at the end of the day, it's, like, you get whatever it was possible to get. Like, you can't be too worried about it and there are a couple usually knows like if it was a shot that was not easy (laughs) like they get it but then there's a whole other element and all the parts of wedding photography that's also like like you have to know about like first looks you have to know about like the detail shots you have to know how to do flat lays it's like this thing where you take all the like the rings and the flowers and the cards and details of that day into um, a little pile on the ground you take photos of it like just little things where you need you need to learn about that's important in wedding photography specifically. And I also always bring along a second shooter with me. So it's like someone else who's a photographer who's coming along to help and you pay them hourly and um, you get to use all their shots. So anything that you miss, they get, which is great. I almost call it like an insurance policy. They get like another angle, the same thing, and they kind of bring you that security, you know, like in case you miss anything. So... Yeah, it's definitely more hectic, more stress, more pressure, and then afterwards, way more editing. One wedding, I had like 8,000 photos to go through, just even to sort, to sort through them takes really long. <laughs> so, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, especially if your computer's not very fast, like my computer's kind of slow too, so it takes forever. 
So, yeah, it's like the justification of why they're paying that much makes sense because, like, there's so much more work being put into it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And with your pricing, has anyone, like, criticized your pricing? Oh, like, said said it's too much something? Yeah, just something like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess people always want to get discounts. People always um, try to get cheaper rates. Usually, like, most people are actually pretty good with it. Like, if it's not in their price range, they're just like, okay, thanks, and they move on. They find someone else. And I've said it to people, too, is like... This is my rate. When I say it as well as like this is how much I charge, it's not. It doesn't like I present it in a way that's not really flexible. Like you can't really barter or bargain. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, so like if they need an explanation, I do break it down for them. Of like this is how many hours of editing I do, prep work, everything. It's included all the work that goes behind it. Um, so actually, when you break things down, like let's just say if you charge two three hundred for something, you break it down to the hours that you work on everything it ends up being sometimes like ten dollars an hour or less so it's like actually less than minimum wage if you think about it you know yeah i do like people don't do that but i've had a few people who just ask for less like can you can you give it to me for less and sometimes i say no i can't sorry or like if it's a friend especially if it's a returning client so if it's someone who's come back to me multiple times then i do like yeah i do give a bit of a discount um it's all about how you ask you know some people just like don't ask as nicely, so it's like, oh. I'm not going to say, you know? So, yeah, it depends how and who it is and stuff like that. Do you find it difficult to find, like, the most natural and most beautiful moments when you're shooting? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question because literally that's the mo- most important thing to, put up, to a photographer. The thing that I try to do, it's catching a lot of natural moments and natural beauty, natural everything is what I try to uh, capture and... There's a whole kind of, like, science behind it, I feel like. Well, part of it's it's the social aspect of it. So, like, the way you talk with people, the way you create an environment to make them feel comfortable is huge. Um, And literally the best compliment anyone can ever give me as a photographer is, like, thanks for making me feel comfortable. Like, that is, like, the best thing I can ever hear from someone after we walk away from the session. Like, you made me feel, like, you know, safe and comfortable, and that is, like way better of a compliment rather than like oh your editing technique is good like that's all nice but for me it's so important for the person to feel like really good after the photos and especially if it helps them like feel more confident that really is like feels so good on on my end um but yeah a lot of what photographers do is they call like prompts you know prompts so like it's giving the as of that kind of instigate an actual uh action to something but it's initiated by you if that makes sense so like especially with couples and families there's lots of like prompts and even with individuals where you give them either a direction or something to do that evokes something that makes it natural and you capture that um so for example with a couple it'll be like I don't know it can be all sorts of things like pull her around and grab her or something whatever it is like they'll interpret what it looks like and they'll do it themselves and you just catch whatever's happening. Um, or I'll be like, or like, yeah, like run up behind her and grab her head. I don't know, whatever it is that kind of comes to me in the moment. Um, with kids, it's super easy. Like both hold the kid's hand, you know, like parents hold each uh, child's hand, like swing them up and down, like things like that. So it creates like action movement and a bit of like candidness, but it's directed, you know? Yeah, I see that. I can understand and that. That's usually, yeah, and people usually want that because they want it to look natural, but they don't know how to do it themselves sometimes. So depends. Everyone's so different. I try to go with the vibe and the mood. There's some people I've had 
who really wants really posed poses, like literally structured, like statuesque. <laughs> and that's fine too. If they want it to be like that, then they can have that too. So, um, but yeah, creating the natural moment is can get tricky sometimes, especially if people come feeling nervous or uncomfortable. So that's the hardest part is like making people feel relaxed and comfortable, you know, to work in progress. You'll get better. Don't worry. You'll get better. You'll become the best, you. Yeah. <laughs> Hope so. I don't know about that. There's so many amazing photographers out there that it's it's kind of hard not to compare as well. And like, um, especially on your photography account, like if you have, well, often people have a photography page on Instagram or something, and like they follow a lot of other photographers. Then <clears throat> it's good. It's like building community and stuff. But mm-hmm. then sometimes it can definitely make you feel a bit of pressure or like a lot of comparison to others who you feel like really talented, which is a good thing. You can like admire and like look up to other artists, but then it's about whether you're letting that, um, make you feel pressured or not, you know, like that your work's not good enough or something. Yeah. And but also doing things like an original way and like creating original images is another tricky part where it's like different from all the other kind of shots that are out there, which is also a hard part of it. Yeah, it's always, a, you have to, the thing is also you have to always have creative projects. That's another thing that I think a lot of photographers have learned um, as they grow themselves. It's like you you can, you take clients, obviously you do like client shoots, but then on the side a lot of photographers do creative shoots that they set up on their own. So they either bring on a model or someone who they want to photograph and they even bring the wardrobe, they even can do the makeup, whatever image or kind of like vision they have, they create and photograph and that kind of gets your creative juices flowing, you know? It's actually like exciting to do projects like that because then you are able to let out that creative outlet and work in a way that you're not kind of just doing for money, you know, when you're like being paid by someone. Um, So yeah, that's another kind of cool aspect and like way to continue going on because you can also like get a bit burnt out or like bored from doing the same kind of shoots over and over again and have you ever experienced burnout like from photography oh yeah oh yeah for sure <laughs> like definitely the couple weeks ago when i had four weddings in two weeks i mean that in itself says enough that's I crazy <laughs> like it was just and it's of course it's like a full day like your entire day is absorbed in it and you're like fully on that whole day you're like working with your whole body like the entire day and after the next day you're literally sore and you like collapse and then you have to go and do another wedding like it's non-stop you're physically mentally like psychologically burnt out but you just keep doing it and then after to catch up to all the editing too so definitely pacing yourself is like really important and i've learned that for sure this this summer of like i need to space things out more especially if I do shoots back-to-back. So I've kind of always created a rule to myself of, like, having a day in between shoots. Even if it's a small one, but just having a day break in between. I mean, I'm lucky, of course, so privileged to be able to even say that because it's so lucky. I'm just, I feel so grateful that I even have enough shoots that are coming and I can obviously fill up my calendar, but um, just have to be yeah, mindful of, like, not overdoing it for myself, my capacity, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you ever compare yourself with other photographers' works? Oh my gosh, all the time, yeah. And I can get really sad about it because I'm like, oh, I wish I was that good. Like, oh, they're so much better than me. Like, definitely have those thoughts. <laughs> Especially when, like, um, 
Well, a lot of the people, I think they create the shoots, like the ones that I, I look at and then like, oh, I wish I could capture that. It's like they usually have set, they set the whole thing up and they like do it at certain times of day when like the light is really beautiful and, you know, uh, a little, not envious, but just like, oh, I wish I could be doing that is um like editorial kind of like banding shoots when certain photographers get hired on to photograph with a, a certain brand, either like clothing or, or any other retail thing. And they, they get really creative with it and use models and do kind of cool projects with it. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And I get sad that like, <laughs> I don't have an in in the industry, but like, that's another thing I want to work towards is getting closer into like the editorial fashion photography world, which is like kind of a different world. But um, yeah, definitely can be, you can let yourself have negative thoughts for sure. Especially before a wedding or like in build up to something where you're like, oh my gosh, am I going to, you know, this negative, negative self-talk, it's negative. Not even like positive self-talk. Yeah, I mean, both of it happens. So I, I joke about going through like a roller coaster ride before I ever shoot. So this is, this is my, these are my stages. Um, I don't know if anyone finds this interesting, but so before a shoot, I'm like excited. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's gonna be great. I, I mean, as in like a couple of days before. And on the day of, like going to the shoot, I'm like hella nervous. I'm like, oh my god, thinking about all the things that were wrong, everything I'm gonna mess up, and just all the like terrible things. And then during the shoot, I'm on like, not all shoots, most shoots, I'm like on a high almost. I'm like so excited, and like adrenaline is pumping, and and all these like exciting moments and ideas, and keep going. You know, you're like moving 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 and then i go back home and i'm like oh shoot i messed this up oh no or like on the ride back home i'm like oh i forgot this oh no shoot i forgot this then back to like being like negative again and then i as soon as i get home and put the photos into the computer and i start looking through them i'm like oh damn i'm pretty good <laughs> and then i'm back up again but <laughs> like the confidence is like back to being positive again um so those are kind of the waves that I go through. I just go like up and down, up and down. <laughs> and it's more, it's become more, more closer to like, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. I got this. And like, I'm pretty good being confident about it. So it's just like a, a journey, you know, it always changes. I see. And I've seen that you've had like models come over, like photographers that model themselves for you. And also models yeah. too. <laughs> How'd you know? Oh, your IG. Yeah. I looked on your Insta. I've seen them. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so on Instagram, you have photographers that model for you, and as well as other models that just come up, that you also photograph them, or take pictures of them. And how do you make those connections? The only one, there's only one uh, friend of mine who's like an actual photographer, but also models. That's like not a very common thing. I've, I've met... Um, a ton of photographers and most of them do not model or like a lot of them actually like don't like being in front of the lens and they prefer being behind the lens but um sometimes you just you like i've been doing a lot of shoots with photographers as like branding photos for them so they they use those photos for um their own benefit to their own purpose um for like branding but then i only yeah i only have one friend who's actually model and the ones the other ones that i find like the other models are usually just people on Instagram, literally, I just message them. It's so easy because, well, you can tell if someone's trying to get into modeling or not. Usually on their page, like, I guess you can't always tell, but sometimes they respond to things in Facebook groups as well. And that's when you can kind of message them and like, okay, you can tell they're trying to grow their modeling portfolio. But um, 
yeah, Facebook groups are a big one, and then just literal random reach outs on Instagram. There's this term, it's called TSP, and it, I think it used to stand for trade for print. I mean, now people say it's trade for photo. So whatever it is, it's, it's a trade in services. So like someone, <clears throat> the model gives their services for modeling, of course, to the person to help build their own portfolio. And then the photographer brings on the model, of course, to be able to build their portfolio. So it's like a win-win on both ends and practice for both ends. So they're often mentioned as like TFP shoots or like if anyone's interested in this TFP, I have this idea for this shoot that's this, this, and they describe it and whoever's interested kind of reaches out. So it's it's really easy, yeah, to connect with people. I feel like you just need to reach out once in a while. There are some people and like photographers definitely or certain people have like a billion followers if they're like semi-influencers, they usually like don't answer or they're like you go into like their message requests and they never really answer you. But um, most people are pretty kind of open and, and super friendly about it. So I've had really good experiences. I usually try to support more female photographers. <laughs> no offense. I work more to support women <laughs> than men. Oh, yeah. I see. <laughs> um, no offense. To men. <laughs> yo, you're not trying to get cancelled. I see you. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get cancelled before you're Career really takes off, I see. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh, that's cool, that's cool. Try to be PC in that. What do you recommend for new photographers to do? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Totally was thinking about this before you called, because, like, practice is so important. Like, I mean, even I'm at the point, I'm not done practicing either. Like, you literally have to keep creating, keep shooting, keep shooting. And like I mentioned, those creative things, like... Those are really catalysts for growth. They literally, like, push you, they shove you into, like, growing and learning. Um, and actually, one of the recent photographers I was talking to, he's um, new to photography, and I was trying to give him some advice as well. And all you have to do is keep shooting. It doesn't sound so, like, I don't know, predictable maybe or something, but um, just shoot, shoot, shoot. Any opportunity, like, meet someone, connect with someone, message them, hey, let's go take photos. Like, just go out and take photos whatever comfort zone you have obviously some people can't feel comfortable meeting up with random people because that's another part of it like meeting up with strangers is a whole other like weird thing some people aren't comfortable with but um it can even be street photography it can literally be practicing on like babies of your family members or like products around your house and keep practicing and then posting is huge too i think like even if you're feeling amateur and if you're feeling it's not like perfect quote-unquote perfect yet keep posting so that it attracts more people to gain more experience you know what i mean so that's kind of a huge thing i learned even when i feel like i my photos are like eh, okay it's just putting myself out there it is a bit vulnerable to do that it's like putting out your work constantly even if you feel like it's not 100 percent the best like it just keeps your engine going if that makes sense like you keep building on it and get better and better and then youtube videos oh my gosh youtube every day all the time <laughs> like just any technical skills about cameras and learning how to use full manual mode and like learning how to use uh flash and strobe and external lighting and how to work with natural lighting best like all these things always look up and like understanding lighting is i think the number one most important that and understanding your camera inside out like the settings and the like functions of your camera so understanding light and light direction and everything about lighting is top of like the most important things to fully understand before 
yeah, I, I would say that's on par also with like the creative juice thing. Like you have to be creative and keep creating no matter what, but then also keep up with the technology, like the knowledge part of it. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. You have to like like it. You know, that's I guess that's why they call it a hobby. It's like you enjoy doing it and just like keep practicing on it. You know. Yeah, and what equipment do you recommend to people for taking pictures and editing? Um. Well, what level is it? Like from scratch, zero, nothing to. Photography or from like a bit of a knowledge base? I'd say it's from scratch. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think the phone, like working with your phone to get comfortable shots, but like to, yeah, to take proper like DSLR photos. So again, a, a bit fancier, more advanced digital cameras. Um, even starting with like a simple, I, I'm a Canon girl, so most of the brand things I know are Canon. Um, but I know every, like Sony, Fuji, they all have their own. Um, equivalent things um like the canon rebel series it's like a very beginner kind of introductory entryway to dslr cameras um that's a good starting point for sure um and just again learning how to use manual mode learning how to use aperture priority shutter speed priority like knowing the settings of a camera once you understand the settings inside out you can apply that knowledge to all cameras and all brands and then in terms of editing software, Lightroom is where it's at, but it's a bit expensive. So there are cheaper, freer versions of editing programs out there. And oh, when you are taking photos on DSLR, to even think about using editing programs or using a software that edits these big files, you have to take the photos in a raw format, which is huge. I actually learned that a tiny bit too late after I did this one shoot way earlier. I was taking them all in JPEG instead of RAW format, and yeah, it just doesn't have the same, um, like you can't edit as well with it, like it's, you might as well not get Lightroom if you're not going to shoot in RAW, so it's just like the settings of the camera, you have to know how to go from JPEG to a RAW format, it's like a way larger file, so once you take photos in that format, then you can put it into Lightroom or another editing software. There's this one called, uh, I forgot what it's called, E something. Anyways, I can get the name for you later, but like they're cheaper, but they do kind of like similar functions as Lightroom. And that is another area where you have to just dive into YouTube all the time to know how to use all the tools and the functions. And then the next level above that would be Photoshop, which I'm only kind of like dip my toes in and I use it once in a while, but it's an entire other, like, you know, you know it. It's like a whole skill set that you have to learn. People take like actual courses for them, so you could do that too. But yeah, figuring out how to use programs like Lightroom. Even like surprisingly, iPhones. Um, there is apparently a function in the iPhone where you can take photos in a RAW format, although I wouldn't recommend it unless you want to take up huge space in your phone. But um, and then you go into edit photos in your iPhone, and honestly, the functions of editing where it's like working with the light. Um, the brightness, the exposure, the highlights, the shadows, vibrancy, saturation. Literally a chunk, a huge piece of those editing functions are the same as Lightroom. So if you can even master those and understand those, that's kind of like a stepping stool to like understanding more advanced editing softwares. I feel like I'm talking too much, sorry. This is all rambly. Well, <laughs> I hope it's interesting. It's very <laughs> educational. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. I hope so. 
rambling on. I, I don't know about raw can, photos. Right? Yeah, yeah. Most people don't. You don't. You don't need to unless you're gonna take photography seriously, because like, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. that necessary. Yeah. You have to, yeah. Anyways. And I think that wraps up our podcast for today. Sweet. Yo. Awesome. Make sure to check Nana out on her Instagram at Nana's Portrait Photography. As well as Netta.jpg. Oh yeah, yeah, that's my personal. That's her personal. So we'll see if you I if mean, you get it. So we'll see. Yeah, 